0: Welcome back to the Trifecta Soft podcast. I'm your host, E-Rock. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button if you haven't already, so you never miss another podcast. Also, do me a favor. Go on to whatever podcast app you listen to us on and give us a rating and review. That really helps us rank in the searches. Thank you so much. Let's get into the podcast.
1: My apologies. You might be hearing a baby in the background. I have a three-week-old. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. So uh we you might hear some crying here and there and my sincere apologies.
0: Oh, no problem, man. Like that yeah, not a big deal.
1: I didn't think it would be cuz it's 3 weeks. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's not like a it's not like a 10-year-old keep your kid under control type of thing. Oh, no. Uh,
0: <laughs> no, yeah, you're you're good, man. No, I've had people on here that had uh they had their dog sitting there with them. You know, licking their face and like, I, yeah, I'm, bro, this is not like professional. Okay. <laughs> uh, I've
1: got a white claw. I'm yeah. having this.
0: Cheers, brother. I got a oh uh, Modelo God. tonight.
1: Oh, brother. nice choice.
0: <laughs> and a little bit of uh, Captain Morgan's rum.
1: Ah, uh, Don't make me get the tequila. <laughs> oh, shit. Don't make me get the tequila.
0: I've got some 1800 in there, too.
1: Oh god. I got to take care of this newborn tonight and then I got to head to my field tomorrow morning. <laughs> oh nice. Yeah,
0: you guys uh you uh is that a recent addition? You guys started a uh, indoor?
1: Yeah. So uh so I've been on the uh I've been on the hunt for a facility for the better part of about 7 years now. And um COVID's been the whole reason why it was kind of able to happen. Um both business-wise, and uh, and uh, being able to actually acquire a building that was at a fair value. Um, because, uh, I mean, I don't know how much you know about the Northeast or, you know, Bergen County, New Jersey, Rockland, New York area, but it's very expensive. Is it? Um, yeah. Like, it's ridiculously expensive. For the longest time, like, a 20,000, 30,000 square foot building would cost you 30 grand, 40 grand a month. Wow! A month, a month. Holy shit! Yeah. No. Yeah. So it, ju- it just wasn't viable. Like there is, unless I had charged people a hundred dollars for a session. Um, because right now we're doing sessions and it's thirty dollars a session. But unless, I, unless I charge a hundred dollars a session, it, it's just it's not worth it. No, nobody's gonna want to do it. Wow. Yeah, that's insane. So um, we're at the final steps. Uh, we have our fire inspection on Friday morning. Yeah, and then uh, hopefully if that goes well, we then have our final inspection that I'm going to schedule soon after that. And then uh, and then it's literally just me looking at my guys going, get it ready. Wow, let's get an opening date. So yeah, we uh, we acquired the building July 2021, and it's been construction since then. Construction and dealing with the town. The town's been Uh, nothing but a nightmare. Like permits and shit? Uh, Yeah, it took four months to get permits. Uh, And then after the permits were given, um, they then, in January, went back on it and said, oh no, these permits aren't good. Sorry, no. They said, we're not going to stop construction. However, um, you need to add a third egress, because there's two of them in there, And nine more toilets because the field can support 1,300 people. Oh, my gosh. Due to the square footage.
0: Do they know there's not going to be 1,300 people in there most of the time?
1: Yes. I told them put a cap of 200 if you want. The Uh. facility is big enough to support 465 people between bathrooms and exits. Right. And I was like, you could cap it at 200. I'm okay with that. And they're like, oh, it's not that simple. I'm like, no, it really is. You're the building inspector. Yeah. You could do whatever the hell you want. So just cap it at 200. So, oh my gosh. Thankfully, we were kind of able to work through that, um, make them realize that the place is never going to have anywhere near that type of number. Yeah. Um. And uh. And hopefully, hopefully they give us the final okay within this next week or so.
0: What a nightmare. Yeah. Well, I work construction. So we have to get permits in certain areas and because uh, we we flip houses, and some of them are in, like, historic, you know, classified as historic districts, and it's a fucking nightmare doing uh, – like, I don't have to deal with that, luckily, but it takes a very long time, especially coming out of this past two years where shit was backed up. So, yeah, it's uh, – that can be stressful.
1: Oh, no. With but, them, the first problem was parking. Oh. It took it took three and a half months to get parking yeah, situated. And the funny part is it wasn't even situated. It was me and my architect trying to get the town to be okay with how we had it set up. And they were fighting, no, not good enough. No, not good enough. And then eventually um, my architect goes, all right, here's the name of an attorney. He's been in town for 40 years. Everyone knows him. Hire yeah. him and he'll get it done. I didn't even get a chance to send this man his check. And he got it done in 24 hours. Wow. Holy shit. I literally signed the check. I I signed the paperwork Tuesday night. And I said, I'll have your check out by Thursday, Wednesday afternoon. He said, done.
0: That's the guy to know right there.
1: Yeah, but still. (laughs) (laughs) How much more can you make it look like it's just a stop, let him do his thing type of thing. Like, come on.
0: Right, right.
1: Well, welcome Video. to the podcast, man. I well, uh, thank you.
0: Yeah, I'm Eric uh, from Trifect Airsoft. <laughs>
1: um, John, full of airsoft.
0: Hell yeah! We uh, we got set up on this. This is like one of those uh, blind dates. We got set up by uh, Little Miss Airsoft.
1: Yes, yeah, Little Miss Airsoft works for uh, works for me. She does my website and my. Uh, my uh, website my marketing. Um, so website, I'm sorry, website and social media. Nice. Okay.
0: So oh, that's she, cool. uh
1: So she reaches out and kind of helps with getting me onto podcasts and stuff while I'm trying to take care of everything else. Pretty right. much
0: permits and parking and fucking a hundred toilets in your place. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. I still can't believe it. Holy I still can't shit. It.
0: <clears throat> yeah. That's crazy. Well, I, um, So I found out about you guys, excuse me, from, from her when I, uh, when I did a podcast with her and, uh, she was talking about how she worked with you guys and, and, uh, you guys had a, you know, a good setup and, and that kind of thing. Well then, uh, probably like a week and a half ago or a week ago, she says, she sent me a message saying, Hey, have you ever done, um, a podcast with like field owners or store owners, and I was like, I don't think I have. And uh, she goes, Oh, you should start doing that. Uh, start with John from Full Auto Airsoft. I said, Okay.
1: <laughs> so that's kind of how we ended up here. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, I mean that works out. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, um, we're we're heavily expanding into all sorts of territory. Uh, I mean, I uh, I started the store, and then we're doing the field now, and uh, we are now getting into distribution as well. Nice. So, so what,
0: uh, you, you grew up, are you from that area? Yes. Yeah.
1: Born and raised in, in, in this area.
0: Yeah. And then I was looking at, uh, I, I usually do some research on people if I, if I can, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, before I talk to them. So you started out kind of like in electronics, working in like, uh, electronics was the expo.
1: That is not creepy at all, is it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That is actually exactly uh, that's exactly where I started, um, and uh, that is when I was working at Electronic Expo. I uh, it's kind of where uh, um, I started. Also playing airsoft, and okay. um, and that from there. So I remember working. Um, so. I, I worked there for about three years, and uh, one year at my at my corporate side of it, um, I, uh, a friend of mine kind of showed me airsoft, and I was like, "Sweet!" As soon as I get my tax return check, I'm going to go get a whole setup, and that's what I did. I went and bought an entire setup in 2007, and I think I spent $800 on my first. Wow! Setup. It oh, was this expensive. would be a setup
0: for for what like indoor play or
1: no so so back in the day it really wasn't like that um okay it was way more like just outdoor play but like when i used to go and play there were no field oh so it was just pickup games it was pickup games pretty much so i used to i used to play i started playing actually right behind polar star airsoft no shit, um, that's crazy. There, so right behind Polar Star, there's a massive wooded area that people have, um, that will, I I assumed, and um, I think I'm beginning to learn that it wasn't the case, uh, they had permission to go and use this, it was like 80 acres of just wow. woods, and yeah. um, and there was no housing around it, it was just literally, one side was power lines, one side was a highway, and one side was factories, and that was it. Um and uh, as far as you could pretty much go, and uh, and I started playing there, and then from there I went to my first Milsom event in 2010. Went to my first Milsom event, and along those lines, um, we had a store in Jersey that we were dealing with, and it it was the store was great. It had a lot to offer, but the management side of it was not the greatest hmm. and it was a very very much a well if you don't like it go somewhere else right so that and then having to deal with websites like evike and airsoft gi and all that and not being able to kind of have it in front of me and touch and feel and like when you're spending this much money like it's it's nice to be able to touch and feel all these crazy products right um and just having that not really open in front of me um it uh it, it kinda made me start thinking, well, I've done sales, I've done wholesaling, I've done high end electronic sales, I've done buying for a company, I've done selling online for a company, I've done it all in this yeah. one company. Why don't I start my own company? So <laughs> when I tell you I started full auto wear soft with fifty dollars, nobody believes me. <laughs> Holy shit. That's it. Yeah, that is that is the total out of pocket expense. Um, that was reason, for
0: registering your so your not
1: business. even not even registering as an LLC. I registered it as a sole proprietorship. Okay, and that was the cheapest way to do it because that was then the only way I could make an account, uh, like make it a business, and then get accounts with KWA and Classic Army and all those companies. Was you needed oh, wow. to have a business. Yeah. So once I did that. Um, they allowed me to kind of start carrying some of the products, but some of the companies actually don't even allow you to carry the products, um, until you have a storefront. Um, Uh, believe it or not, actually KWA at that time, if you did not have a brick and mortar, you could not, uh, you could not carry their products. You had to have a brick and mortar. Um, so, uh, so I started that August, 2011 is when I started the company officially. And what I was doing was I would find friends that were in airsoft. There was a good group of us. And I was like, yo, so instead of you just ordering it online, um, let me order it for you, and I'll give it to you for the same price. Just let me collect the profit on it. And they're like, cool, I'm getting it for the same price, whatever. It's the same thing. Um, but I made a little bit of money here and there from that. And then I kind of took that and rolled it into Amazon. So I had a strong background with Amazon because, they, because of the electronics and right. I started selling Magpul products on Amazon just to build up more capital. Oh, wow. And then that then turned into taking that capital, and while still doing that, bought merchandise, and then I went to um, other pickup games. Uh, there's uh, There was a group of guys at the time in southeastern PA that had two locations that they were allowed to go play at, one of which was a rock quarry that one of the members family owned. Oh, okay. And one of them was like an abandoned site with a multitude of buildings, um, that, uh, that they had permission, signed permission. This time I learned signed permission <laughs> from the landowner, yeah. uh and approval from the police department that they could go there and be no issues because it was tucked away. And, huh. um, and, uh, long story short, I would just, Drive out there. It was about a three-hour drive. I would drive out there, um, set up shop, sell to the people there because they'd get about 50, 60 people any given day. So I set up shop, sell them products, wrap it up, and head on home. And I did that from November 2011 till about March 2012. And then April came around, and I was like, I need to get a storefront. Yeah. So uh the hunt started and May 15, 2012 I signed the paperwork. July June 3rd, 2020 2012 is when I opened the doors.
0: That's wild, man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you put the work in.
1: Yeah, it's been you put a decade. the footwork
0: in. Yeah, you put the footwork in to uh to get your storefront. Yeah, I love hearing uh you know startups like that, like business owners that have especially they have brick and mortars uh you know the start like that because they have to have, like boots on the ground you know you have to put work in you know a lot of times now uh a store can start up they don't have to kind of you know they don't really have to go face to face you know or in person at a lot of events or whatever not just in airsoft but just in general business yeah. they could have a really good marketing team that puts out a bunch of ads or pay for some ads on uh, Instagram or Facebook or whatever and blow up pretty quickly uh, just from that, you know, kind of like sitting behind the computer. But, um, but yeah, you know, getting out there, meeting people, you know uh, you know, getting boots on the ground where you're at, just setting everything up yourself. You have no idea if anyone's going to buy anything, you know, or who's going to show up for that day for the, you know, for the games, you know that's uh that's pretty cool because I I started out uh, paintball uh, back in '94 and uh, I played for five or six years and it was all pickup games until the last couple years we were you know going to some fields and um, and playing that way you know and sometimes you go to a field and we get there early because we're excited to play <laughs> you know because. Most of the guys I played with, these were guys I worked with. And uh, we we had young families like yourself. You know, we had little babies or kids at home. So, and we worked a lot. So that time on a Saturday morning, you know, Saturday all day, like we had till like four o'clock or something, man, that was like, hey, we're not wasting any minute, you know, for guy time. So we would get up, you know, get to the field early and there'd be like five, five other people there with us, you know. We're like, well, shit. And it's a giant field in the woods, you know, to playing paintball. And, uh, you yeah, know, it was like, uh, we need more people, <laughs> you know. But, um, yeah, that's pretty cool uh, how you started out. It's funny that you went from this electronics, uh, you know, sales and whatever uh, to kind of starting your own store uh, that way. It's good.
1: The electronics – so with the electronics side of it, um, it wasn't more so kind of like having an electronics background. But um, it was – I guess you could say it was like a hand – it was like one of my life handouts, right? Like like everyone always kind of gets a handout. It's just whether or not you capitalize on it. Right. And uh, it was a handout because um, a very close family friend owned the company. And he took me in under his wing when I was 19 years old yeah. and he started me up in sales. I outperformed really well because sales is just in my blood. Um, and uh, and then I kind of went up and up and up and up and up in the company. Went from just being uh, a sales guy in a retail store to managing a retail store and then managing um, like the high-end store. And then I went into the corporate uh the actual corporate office i worked in there and that kind of then he showed me like how to do all the other stuff of a business so i literally got a crash course of how to start and run a business in about three years wow on the ground wise and yeah. i just kind of took everything i learned from that and i was like i can do this and it was rough definitely rough you know 100 120 hour weeks um Right. Being being up at four or five a.m. to drive three hours to get there by by eight o'clock to set up shop to be ready by nine, so that the guys would have the shop ready for them when they were rolling into the field, and right. uh, and then work there till five o'clock, break down, leave by six, get home by nine. It was a uh, it was definitely a struggle at some times. <laughs> for sure, man,
0: it, you you got to put the work in. Before you see results. like so you got to keep putting the work in before you see results. You have to believe in what you're doing. And obviously yep. you did. And that's, uh, you know, I love to see that because I've worked with people and I've also uh, seen other business owners, you know, different kinds of, you know, whether in construction or, uh, you know, with contract, you know, smaller contractors and stuff. These guys are just the the owner, it just burned the fuck out. Like they're burned out. They hate it. They just, you know, but they don't know any other way to do anything. So, but when you have a business owner like yourself or whatever that just goes out and, you know, believes in what they're doing and has some good energy and, you know, is excited about what they're doing, uh, you know, you got there early, you were able to set up, get everything, you know, together, uh, not knowing whether...
1: It's going
0: to be worth it. Right, exactly. Like that's, you know, that is a very common theme uh for all successful business people uh throughout the world, to be honest. So yeah. when uh when I saw uh I found it on your LinkedIn by the way. You know, if we weren't doing a podcast and I didn't, you know, kind of want to research a little bit. Uh it would be creepy. It would be like stalkerish, okay? <laughs> but uh, I uh I try to I try to research a little bit about who I'm I'm talking with uh just so I don't look like some idiot on here uh more than I am. So I looked up uh, a little bit I think on your LinkedIn and uh and then of course, you know, your business and stuff, uh how long it's been. And uh it was a really cool uh I guess history and you've had your business for 10 years right yeah a little over 10 years yeah so Um, technically i
1: started it august 2011 um and then it became a uh so then once i opened up the store i uh changed it over from sole proprietor to an incorporation gotcha um and uh and it's been an incorporation since july 2012 so technically uh This I'm sorry, June 2012. So this June would be the 10 years for Full Auto Wear Soft Inc. However, the Full Auto Wear Soft brand has been around since August 2011, so just past our 10 year mark.
0: Was it uh, was it a hard transition to go from like LLC kind of thing to uh, incorporated? Like I've seen, I've watched some uh, videos on uh, from different lawyers that put out you know informational videos on business stuff. You know, starting a business with LLCs and whatever. And, uh, I, I, you know, I'm not really sure
1: about the difference. So mine wasn't an LLC. Mine was a sole oh. proprietorship. So a sole proprietorship right. is when the owner is the company. So the tax ID at that time was my social. Gotcha. You know what I mean? So it's not, yep. it's not considered an official company. So it's kind of like, um, uh, having a company, but like putting a personal guarantee, On the company. So if, I mean, God forbid, if I was to get sued, it would come directly at me. I would be the one getting sued where like as an LLC or an incorporation, if the company's getting sued, I I can be completely unharmed from it. Right. So when we went from, I mean, when I went from an, when I went from a sole proprietor to an incorporation, honestly, I was like, I know nothing about this and business is doing all right. So I'm just going to hire an accountant. And that yeah. man's been my accountant for ten years now. Wow, well, so, that's
0: awesome. Yeah. So
1: I just told him what I needed to do. And I think like four days later he he was like, All right, your book's on the way for your incorporation and you're good to go.
0: That's cool.
1: I was like, Bet, how much did that cost me? He was like, twelve hundred dollars. I was like,
0: Great. <laughs> oh yeah. Well that I mean you're paying for that uh information or you know, their experience and information and uh your convenience for sure yeah that's good
1: but um but yeah the uh you know i set up the company from the get-go to to be a big company so there's there's two types of corporations there's a c-corp and an Mm s-corp and i set set us up as an s-corp in preparation for being i guess at the level that we're finally at now gotcha um but uh but yeah, I, I've always kind of had the idea of I'm gonna make it. Just gotta stay in it, and you're gonna make it. And yeah. it's kind of funny. Um, I was actually about to sell the company. Really? Why was, was this? I was three weeks away from signing over the paperwork to a to a new to a new owner, and wow. in, in 2020. How? What led up to that? Um, honestly, just married um wanted to start working on a family yeah and unfortunately kind of running the numbers and seeing at that time that it wasn't going to be able to fully sustain the type of lifestyle I wanted and a family cuz yeah. there's things I'm striving for there's things I want you know um I'm a car nut so uh, I need I I want to own a supercar and one of the goals expensive. I gave myself <laughs> Yeah, very. But one of the goals I gave myself when I was younger was before you hit 40, you need to own a supercar. Nice. So I gave myself a realistic time frame. I'm not like sitting here saying I want to be 25 and owning a $400,000 right. car. But, you know, I gave myself a realistic time frame that if I made the right moves, if I did the right things, I could totally make it happen. Um, and uh, and unfortunately, at the time, it wasn't making it happen. So yeah. I was about to make the transition into another Um, another part in life. And, uh, so March 23rd, we were forced to shut down due to COVID. Um, Mm. April 15th, we were supposed to sign the paperwork to have a May 1st transition. Wow. And, uh, the person kind of said, let's put it on pause due to COVID. Mm. Uh, and then mid May said, you know, uh, sorry, third week of May said, I think we're going to back out just because everything was just so uncertain at that time. Right. And then I got the um, the word that we were allowed to open June fifteenth, and I kind of went into it like, "Great, now I got to go back to it, and yeah. it's just it's just not going to be." You know, I kind of lost a little bit of the drive after, sure. after after like eight years, though. You know, it's it's kind of tough. But right. uh, opened the doors up, and I have no idea what happened. It, it's been a blur since then. Um, really?
0: Well, everyone was, was tired of sitting in their fucking house.
1: So I honestly think it was a multitude of things. After kind of looking back at it, I think it was, one, everyone kind of being tired of sitting at home. Yeah. Two, uh, the cost of ammunition was through the roof. Right. Um. So a lot of real gun owners were kind of looking for an alternative to be That's able a to good point. do it at home and also not have to spend the fortune or yeah. go to the range. And then on top of that, so many people were stuck at home. And I feel like YouTube in 2020 had more views than since its inception. Um, I'm sure.
0: I'm sure. So
1: the number of people (laughs) that had found Airsoft due to YouTube was just, I guess, on a ridiculous scale, which then brought so many new customers into the store. And my problem at that time was well, I don't have the product. Mm. So I went from that to, all right, well, the government's willing to help. Let's get a small business loan. And and I ended up pulling that, dumped all of it right into the company, into getting product. And it was the best decision I ever made in my life. Awesome, man. Wow.
0: That is, uh, that's really cool. Because, uh, yeah, that, if you're like on that, you know, you had this company for, you know, like you said, eight years, and now it's kind of because of COVID and whatever, you know, it's kind of gone down, and now you have this expectation that, uh, well, I'm going to be rid of it, I'll get a lump sum, I'll uh, do whatever you were going to plan on doing, and uh, and then, uh, nope. <laughs> and now you got to kind of get rejuvenated into what you're doing again.
1: So- uh, Two yeah. weeks is all it took. Yeah. Two weeks is all it took to get – to to find that spark again. Yeah. Um, because in those two weeks, we did more business than what I used to do in a month. Wow. And then from there, business every month uh, – so it went up about eightfold, 800%. Holy shit. Yeah, it went up about 800%.
0: Well, that'll help you
1: yes. get excited about going into there. <laughs> yes, most definitely did. But then yeah. so it got to a point where like there was this huge influx and I mean the store is very small. My my storefront yeah. is very small. The total my total building or my part of my building is nine hundred square feet. Gotcha. It's four it's five hundred square feet of storefront, four hundred square feet for the back for teching and storage mm-hmm. and website now and everything. Um, and I kind of looked at it and I was like, well, I need to either, I need to expand. Um, it's, uh, it, I've got so much product crammed into this 500 square foot store that it almost looks like it's, a uh, an army Navy store, a surplus store. Yeah. You know how you just see piles on piles on piles of stuff. <laughs> like it almost looks like there's no organization cause there's just product everywhere. Right. That's what it looks like. Yeah. So the idea was uh, – the first idea was, well, let me get a bigger storefront. And, um, and then after kind of speaking with, uh, with my my family, specifically my brother, who's uh, a real estate agent and he's uh, a GC himself, gotcha. um, he, uh, he was like, why don't we look into a field? And I was like, bro, help me find a field. I've been spending the last seven years trying to find one. And lo and behold, Facebook Marketplace. Oh, my God. I wish I could I wish I was kidding. <laughs> Facebook Marketplace. He found the building on Facebook Marketplace. Um January twenty twenty one is when I stepped foot in the building and that's when we opened negotiations and and working on the contract for the lease and everything. That's awesome. So uh so the the idea behind it was if I just get a bigger store, that's Great and all, but there's no additional t- attraction where right. a field um, adds a whole nother aspect to it. And it's for something sure. that I that I have always wanted. I just didn't think I'd be able to do it um, just because of the cost, uh, like I said, of this area. But this building came up that's um, been vacant for about five years. The people were really eager to kind of get somebody in there. And I got lucky. We'll be right back.
0: This episode is sponsored by Skirmish, the future of airsoft gameplay management. Are you ready to take airsoft to the next level? Skirmish's innovative gameplay solution keeps players and spectators engaged with real time updates. Capture objectives, detonate targets, medic, and more at skirmish enabled fields. Skirmish tracks every action so you don't have to. Review past games, action by action, and follow your progress in national rankings. Phones are not required. If you want to find out more, head to skirmish.net and check out episode 157 of this podcast where I talk with the owner of Skirmish about how it started and how it works. Stay connected, my friends. That's awesome. Now, are you planning on moving your storefront to that as well so
1: you can be in one place or... So it's kind of funny you say that because my one thing that I said is if I ever open up a second location, it's going to have to be at minimum about two to three hours away so that it does not share the clientele. Right. Now, the field's 10 minutes away. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of went the complete opposite direction on that one. Yeah. However, um, I am, I've am i come up with the perfect schedule for it. And even if it hurts the store, um, I do plan on moving the storefront to the field. However, still keeping that initial place i actually just re-signed a two-year lease for where i still am right now um okay. keeping it as um website and shipping mm-hmm. uh our full tech department and where people could go to pick up like pick up in store type of thing um oh, that's not a bad idea yeah and just have like a small six six foot area that people could walk in pick up their products and kind of go um yeah. and uh and yeah, kind of do that with the with the area because uh, it was just it's just too convenient for me. It's three and a half miles from where I live. Gotcha. So it would almost be very foolish for me to let it let this place go. Um, so uh, so yeah, yeah. So I decided, no matter what, I'm going to keep the place. I might just reutilize it for something else.
0: Exactly. Um,
1: and the fields only ten minutes up the road, so it's not even going to be too much of a difference for customers because um, right. it's not it's not a an hour drive away. Um, But I did specifically um, come up with a schedule so that uh, it doesn't really affect each other. So the store is open from 12 to 6, Monday through Friday. The field is going to be open Wednesday, Thursday, Friday from 6 to 11. Mm. So the moment the store closes, the field opens. Right. So now it transitions customers directly from late-end customers from the, the store to the field. And then Saturday's the only day where they'll overlap Mm. due to both of them being open throughout the middle of the day. However, Saturday can get very hectic in the store. So I really wouldn't mind splitting the clientele up just because uh, I've had customers sit and wait an hour, two hours to be helped. Sure. Due to how many people were just kind of in there just trying to get stuff. Yeah. Um, So – and then Sunday – the, the retail store is not allowed to be open. So Bergen County Blue Law um, is a thing that prevents non-essential businesses from being open. This is not a COVID thing. This is oh. a entitled um, rich folk thing.
0: What? Uh, yeah. What so in the
1: hell? what is this now? So in Bergen County, New Jersey, um, since I could remember, I'm 33 years old. So since I could remember. Non-essential businesses were not allowed to be open. You cannot buy clothes. You can buy food. You cannot buy electronics. Um, if it's not life essential, the business is not allowed to be open. So food,
0: probably gas stations. Yep. Uh, so grocery stores, gas stations.
1: Convenience stores.
0: Yeah. Uh, uh, that's about it.
1: Yeah. So everything else, all the retail stores. On Sundays. Even Walmart? Uh, so Walmart is open for the food. Oh, okay. So they have that where they close it and off then the side. everything else is literally roped off. You cannot buy products from it on Sundays. Holy shit. That is crazy, bro. Yep. So since we're not allowed to be open, uh, 10 minutes away, right over the border in New York, the field is allowed to be open because in New York, they don't have that law. So now the field will be open. So now... Full auto as oh, a whole okay. will be open seven days a week. So your your field is
0: actually on uh, in New York.
1: Yeah, r- literally of- a quarter of a mile in from the border. Oh shit! Yeah. Okay. So we're we're about five to six miles away from the border of New York, yeah. New Jersey, uh, northwise, and then the field is about a quarter mile in. That works out perfect. Wow. So it um. It definitely uh it made it made it perfect because it's really close to Jersey, so yeah. Jersey people wouldn't mind going in. Um, it is New York, so New York, um, is 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 a great area. Yeah, and but it also allows me to stay open on uh on on Sundays.
0: That's wild. Yeah, see, down here in South Carolina, we're in the Bible Belt, so we have. When I first moved here, me and my family first moved here, uh, 15 years ago, they still had where you couldn't buy alcohol, beer or anything on Sundays, beer, wine, liquor, nothing on Sundays. So grocery stores, same type of thing. They would have the grocery store open, but the, uh, the beer section, they would have these like tarps draped over them. And, uh, so you could, and then gas stations everywhere, anywhere in that county, in the whole state was locked down on Sundays for alcohol. So, of course, uh, Saturday evening, you know, they were
1: the busiest, <laughs> especially
0: during the football season. Yeah. So everyone's just packed, you know, coming out with cases of beer and stuff, you know, stocking up for that one day. But uh, they recently changed that in the last, uh, I think, three or four years ago. Uh, they changed where you know a lot of these places uh you can buy beer on Sundays now, and we were all like, "Thank God, Jesus, this is crazy, but yeah, yeah. I had never heard of one where the retail stores had to be uh you know closed on Sundays,
1: yeah, malls are all shut down um and it's it's crazy because so we're so close to the border where we are that New York gets flooded on Sundays due I'll to bet. all New Jersey residents going to New York because there is a, a massive mall not too far from us. Yeah. So that mall gets absolutely flooded on Sundays. Um, but then it's kind of weird. So in New York they charge tax on clothing. In New Jersey they don't. What? I'm not a politician. I don't know how they came <laughs> up with these things. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. So in New, New Jersey there's no tax on clothing. That's wild. Makes no sense because when you buy groceries, you don't pay tax, but when you buy pre-made groceries, you right. do pay tax. Yeah, but so clothing, and but chips. clothing's made though, right? It's 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 made by hand by someone. So why right. wouldn't you pay tax? Oh, you know what? Whatever. I'm not going to argue. <laughs> well, we have in
0: South Carolina they have this weird thing where uh, one day I forget what it's called—tax day or tax exempt day or whatever—but <clears throat> it is. Uh, right before the school year starts and um they uh they have where there's no tax on anything no state tax on anything that you purchase in the stores if it's like well besides like alcohol or whatever you know shit like that but uh school school supplies so okay. pencils pens paper clothing you know shoes like any of that pretty much everything besides because even you know they'll like even snacks and stuff you won't have to pay tax on because a lot of these you know parents uh, have to supply snacks for the you know elementary school kids you know for the different classes and stuff uh, you know wipes and all, all kind of different things Kleenex so there's uh, one day there's no tax and the place is like it looks like uh, Black Friday I mean it's packed. Everyone's mind all the school supply stuff, uh, for all that stuff. I've never been, uh, I let my wife do that kind of shit because I do not look, I'm going to go in, get beer or whatever and get out or go to the auto parts store, get my stuff and get out.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, wish if they did anything like that here, I could only imagine, um, how crazy it would be to, cause, mm-hmm. uh, um, so one of one of the other big deciding factors on on the field and the location was the dense population of the area mm. um, so i did a lot of research before i kind of pulled the trigger no pun intended um <laughs> and uh Bergen county new jersey has more people per square mile than any other place in the country except for washington dc holy crap yeah by a lot by a lot too. it it was some ridiculous number it was in the i think it was in the million you know it might have been close to like the millions yeah it was a ridiculous number and uh and i was like yeah that right there is a huge huge factor yeah it is um because it's just more people to captivate you know and bring in um yeah so uh so, yeah, it's uh, I could only imagine if they did something like that in 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 New Jersey, what what it would do to the storefronts. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> Holy cow.
1: Yeah. But, so um, how
0: did you how did you uh, meet uh, Jess?
1: That's uh, that's a funny one. Uh, so Jess, uh, Jess was a, a Instagram, um, I guess you could say influencer. Uh, yep. She hates that word, by the way. Uh, she despises that word. So oh, uh, next time
0: I talk to her, I'm going to call her that.
1: (laughs) Oh, beautiful. Yes. So she was a, a Instagram influencer that I kind of saw. And I was like, you know what? I'd like to work with her. Yeah. And, um, and I, I also kind of brought her in initially and I was like, Hey, listen, you know, I'd like for you to, um, to help me with my social media, you know, I'll pay you, um, We'll like ten ninety nine it like I'll, I'll you'll right. do it as a uh,
0: contract
1: uh, as a contractor and yeah. uh, and you just kind of run my social media for me and that started out and then she kind of looked at me and she was like John like you have a lot of things that people want and I think you would do great by opening up a website and I know what it takes to do a website and I didn't have the time. Right. to put all of that in and she was like i'll help you do it and that is where it just took off pretty much with her uh i yeah. hired her brought her in full time and she now does the website and uh and the social media well jess if you ever if you
0: watch this or listen to it i'm sure she will the website looks awesome
1: yeah, actually, she just redid the website, okay. and we're gonna be launching our new website very soon. Um, so we use Shopify, uh, yeah. like m- many other people. Um, it's just a very well built system for yeah. for companies to be able to make a website, and it's uh, they kind of have all the infrastructure already kind of built into it.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, however, um, a I'm not, I'm not going to name names, but a YouTuber made a video and a bunch of comments said, oh, their website's just like blank because it's the free template that everyone uses. Yeah. So me and Jess looked at each other and we're like, nope, we can't have that. Nope. <laughs> nope. Uh-uh. So six months ago, she started working on another website in the background. And gotcha. it is pretty much um, pretty much custom. And yeah. it still works off Shopify, but it's pretty much a custom website. And uh, doing some final little tweaks to it, but uh, we are going to be launching a new website actually very soon. And she did an amazing job. An amazing okay. job on this. Um, I mean, she. I told her, take the time and make it right. Make yeah. it a, an awesome, awesome experience. Make it look great. And uh, she she definitely delivered. Um, so definitely keep an eye out for the new website. Probably within the next few weeks or so, we should be launching that.
0: Awesome. Yeah, I'll look forward to it. Yeah, I was checking it out. It's, you know, even the one you have now, I, I thought, I didn't think of it as a, you know, blank or a basic template. Uh, I thought it looked cool. It definitely looks better than what I built for us which looks really bland, okay? <laughs> so, and really it,
1: basic. It's a lot of work, man. It's, yeah. It, it's, it's a, so to just do a basic, like these places that go, oh, we could build you a Shopify store and you'll start selling products. And then you go and look at these, and it's just like a white page. Yep. 10 products with the price. That's it. Like the most simple, Basic in your face, here it is, just click and buy the product, and that's it. Yeah. And whenever I see that, I just kind of look at it and go, I don't want to buy the product. <laughs> if you're not even willing to put time and effort into captivating myself, right, then you're trying to do like a get rich quick scheme type of thing. Right. And on principle alone, I don't think I'd support it gotcha. I feel like people that put time and effort and sweat and tears and blood yeah. into their business are the people I'd love to support the most. Right. Yeah, so I agree. 100%. It's uh it's it's a fun road um websites, but I'm happy I have Just to help me with it. <laughs> <laughs> For
0: sure. Now you guys do uh you guys do live streams together as well? I've seen we do. uh Yeah, I just saw one uh i guess your most recent one where you guys were talking about it was uh new products you got in
1: yeah so guns and stuff yeah every live stream is actually about new products so we do a live stream every other two uh every other week um and the live stream goes over products that came in products that are coming in um events that might have happened in airsoft events that are coming up in airsoft and then just general have fun answer the questions that people might ask and just bounce things off and just have a good time. Um, it's completely unscripted every yep. single week. We don't even know what we're doing till it's happening. <laughs> yeah. Um, And that's the fun part of it. Um, I feel like when you have a show and you really kind of script the whole thing out, it kind of just takes a lot of the fun out of it.
0: Yeah. People are bored with that. That, yeah. that kind of format. We're We're done with it. Like that's been going on since the 50s, you know? Yeah those kind of those kind of shows especially news programming or whatever you know or informational programming we're done with that like we want the uh the the kind of spontaneity of yep. two people talking or whatever a group of people talking and going over some stuff like that like the one i watched you were uh uh you were picking up a box i think it was a Kythera or, or some kind of part and um you went to show it and it fell out of your hand. You were like, "Oh, I'm glad that's empty box." <laughs> I was so, like,
1: you know, yeah, it was fun to watch. It's uh, it, it, so I used to do the live streaming, like I told you. So I used to mm-hmm. do live streaming, and uh, and and I kind of, I guess, have that part of me that spontaneousness of being able to kind of take something and roll with it, and yeah. um, and that's. You know, that's kind of why me and Jess work really well on the live streams, because she's a little bit more of a need to be structured, mm-hmm. Um, where I come in, and I'm a tornado, and I'm just like, nope, <laughs> we're winging it, do it live, you know, and that's kind of how we run things, and that's why you'll notice where I'm, like, the talker, and then she just kind of comes in, and she's just like, yeah, and that's about it, <laughs> <laughs> yep. and she prefers to have it that way, she even says, like, John, you know, it's kind of like that song, "Jesus Take the Wheel." Um, oh yeah, going to be like John Take the Wheel, and uh, and and we kind of just have fun with the whole the whole setup. We pick at each other, you know, um, uh, and it's it's just a fun time in general. I, I try not to make it too serious. Um, I definitely tell people it is not G rated, so do not let your right. six year old watch this. Um, it is after dark and uncensored. Um, and it is the real world and how things are. And if I think something is absolute garbage, I'm be sure to tell you how garbage it really is. For sure. So uh, I don't have a filter when it comes to that.
0: Yeah, yeah, I could tell. I could tell by watching. (laughs) What uh, what did you stream? What what were it? Was it gaming?
1: It was. if i say it i know i'm gonna get so judged (laughs) i'm gonna get so judged but i will tell you what it was so um all right man we're in a safe space here it's okay so one of the things that i also kind of got into for a short period of time but i do still kind of do is uh is pokemon cards yeah so i am actually uh i actually broker uh high-end pokemon deals Oh, shit. Okay. So, I've got a, a massive collection. So, I started... I actually, I used to I used to do Pokemon card openings on, on YouTube. And then I switched over to doing um, the online uh, card game on Twitch. And I transitioned all of that into an actual Pokemon business. So, I actually have another business that's strictly for Pokemon cards. Oh, and, shit. Um, okay. And I... Uh, believe it or not... That's one of the reasons why I was actually also able to afford the field, because my investments early 2017, 2018 into Pokemon cards um, blew up in 2020 and 2021. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I invested probably 30, 35,000 Pokemon cards over a two-year time frame. Yeah. And there's more than a zero added to that now. Yeah. And it I, I kind of sold that off and uh, and and used it towards you know necessary things to grow but um but now I just kind of mainly stick to the airsoft because of how much it's grown and uh, and I just kind of broker high-end Pokemon deals due to my connections with certain people
0: that is wild well listen I used to uh when I first moved here to South Carolina uh, I took over a uh, GameStop store. So I managed a GameStop for three years. That was my first, uh, you know, full-time job uh, here in South Carolina. I was always in, you know, I was always a gamer, you know, kind of typical story, I guess there, but that <clears throat> we had, I didn't know that GameStops until I started working there sold Pokemon cards, Maple story or Maple, like all, all those different kind of card games, Uh, you know, we sold those as well Mm -hmm. and, uh, Yu-Gi-Oh, you know, all that kind of stuff. So we would have, we had to learn, you know, I had, I kind of had to learn about like, what are they asking for? (laughs) I didn't know. Now my kids were, you know, starting to get into Pokemon, uh, you know, Pokemon game and cards and stuff. So I knew about that, but a lot of the other ones kind of offshoots or whatever, you know, uh, I didn't, I had no clue. that there was all these different ones, you know, but, uh, yeah, a a buddy of mine that, uh, I'm still friends with today, him and I worked together at the GameStop, uh, that I ran. He is still into those, all of those games. Like Mm -hmm. he's, he's a collector. He's got all kind of like figures and cards and card setups. I'm telling you, bro. Yeah. Yeah. I need to get you in contact with him. I think you guys would have a good time uh, talking with that.
1: I've really. got all of my high-end items actually wrapped around my computer right now.
0: Oh, that's <laughs> awesome! Yeah,
1: yeah. I uh, I actually I I, I made a, a I guess you could say a, a big drive into certain things, and I'm kind of keeping them because Pokemon's no longer so. Out of all the trading card companies, it's no longer become just a game it is now actually considered an investment. Wow. And they're bought and sold like stocks. And their values are going up and up and up and up because the demand keeps going up for them. Yeah. Um, and uh, Logan Paul was actually the first person to kind of really bring it into the spotlight. Mm. And when he did that, it was ridiculous. Um, it, it just went completely Parabolic. Yeah, and uh, and and that was, and now that's that's one of the reasons why it's they're considered investments. Like, uh, I mean, single cards selling for half a million, a million, two million dollars plus for a single freaking piece of card for So like, oh it just God. doesn't make any sense. But it's kind of you know, if you think about it, it's the world we're in now. Like for Christ's yeah. sake, people are paying millions of dollars for a digital yeah, picture NFT. And, yeah, like yeah. a Mona Lisa sold for three million dollars. a a digital picture of a Mona Lisa.
0: Yeah. Or, you know, that one with the, uh, the monkey that's smoking a cigarette or something. Yeah. Uh, with the shades on like, dude, it's some crazy ones.
1: It it makes no sense how, but at least Pokemon cards are a a real thing, you know, like in your hands. I wasn't kidding when I say it's a real thing in your hands and I can see it and feel it and say, that's cool. You know what I mean? Um, And that's why I don't think I'll ever get into NFTs, but it's, uh, it's. Now do
0: those have, are those starting to get like a rating, uh, a rating system? There's like a, I was talking to a friend of mine a few weeks ago, who's into, uh, collecting coins and, uh, other different kind of, you know, things, whatever. And they have, I think it's coins. And I think he has some cards too, but they have uh, a rating system where you can get it graded or rated or something like that. I can't remember what he was saying.
1: So that's what this is. This is okay. in so it's from a company called PSA that, that's normally known for sports cards. But gotcha. this literally has an authentication and a grade on it for it's yeah. a one out of ten scale. One to ten, yeah. Yep. And that that's all these are all graded so that their values oh, locked in. There is right. no well, I think it's in good condition, but you think it's in okay condition type of thing. Uh, no. The authentication mean?
0: how do you how do you go through that process to oh, uh to no. have it graded do you have it's to send nightmare. it
1: in do they no. have to have it physically it's a oh. nightmare really so it, prior to covid it wasn't that bad um and i sent in my last the last order i sent in i sent in june 2020 and i did not receive it back till july
0: 2021
1: holy shit yeah and it was and do they give you a
0: progress at all like or do you just oh, think yeah. hey it's on the you're website. never getting it
1: back Oh, okay it was literally on the website and it did not move from research um like there's like this like eight stage that it tells you like cards accepted cards checked in cards being researched cards being graded packaged up or uh they're being encapsulated packaged up ready for shipment quality control and it did not move from the research one for like 11 months. Oh my god. And I'm just
0: sitting you're here clicking going, refresh refresh. I you're like this site's broken.
1: <laughs> I probably called them maybe like 50 to 100 times. I believe it. And I'm like guys, what's going on? And they're like oh, we're just backed up. And it w- it really was true like yeah. Due to the influx in 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 the collectible world, they sure. just I think they did somewhere close to like 10 million cards last year? Holy shit. Like it's it it is ridiculous now tack on ten ten that much more business coming in and then them right. being kind of closed because of covid right you know they went from having probably 15 20 graders to three.
0: oh jeez
1: like, how much can they really pump out? so right. the process is really not that bad to do. it's the waiting game that's a nightmare. Yeah um and uh it's real simple you literally take a card you stick it in a certain little sleeve that they want you to stick it in Mm. you go to website you fill out a form that allows you to put in uh like what the cards are that you're sending um and that's it you just send it in and and wait gotcha so it's uh so do you have any
0: idea like what they're gonna grade it before you get it back really
1: you can speculate. Right. But speculate. I've, I've had I've had situations where I looked at it and I'm like, oh, this is gonna be a ten without a doubt. Like this yeah. thing is mint front and back. There's no and I get it back and it's a it's an eight.
0: And do they give you an explanation on why it's not a ten?
1: What they don't care, they don't care. Oh. <laughs> I took it I took it as far as this. I went to Comic Con in New York City and brought a card with me that I pulled on a YouTube video fresh out of a pack. Stuck it into the sleeve. In that sleeve, then sent it to PSA. And it got a six. I walked into Comic-Con, walked up to the PSA booth, and said, Can you tell me why the hell this got a six? And the guy's just looking at me like, Uh, I'm not a grader, <laughs> but here's another free card. And he literally oh. gave me another card, thinking like it would make the whole situation better. I'm like, No, I just want to know why this isn't a ten. Right. And yeah, it's, uh, I've, I've had some heartbreaking moments and then I had some moments where, you know, ecstatic beyond belief. Sure. So you got to take the wins with the losses.
0: I thought there would be like a, uh, uh, you know, if they're a third party kind of, you know, quality, uh, check system or whatever, that they would have maybe a list of items, you know, or categories like okay, you scored this in this category or whatever, you know, and so you could kind of see where where your card didn't, you know.
1: So other card companies do do that. So a company oh. called BGS does. They give you four scores and then take the average of those four and give you the main score. Gotcha. PSA does not do that.
0: Okay, but is PSA the
1: the best one to have as far as grading? BGS is considered the pinnacle, mm. but they're also the way more expensive oh okay so it it could cost you 20 25 a card and when you're sending in 150 cards right it gets pretty expensive where with psa i was getting a bulk deal of i think eight dollars a card okay so p it literally goes bgs psa and then all the other little companies underneath okay so uh it's uh it's it was a fun process. I'm kind of, I've kind of thrown in the towel on doing it unless it's like really high end stuff. Like I know if I buy this for a thousand, I know I'm going to send it in and it's probably going to come back and probably be worth 10, 20,000. Right. I'll totally do it, but I've kind of given up on the smaller bits.
0: I need, yeah, you definitely, uh, you would have a good time talking with my buddy. I'll have to, uh, let him know that I talked with you about this because, you know, he's all into, uh, all that kind of stuff for
1: sure. Definitely and I'm more than more than happy to speak to him.
0: I love learning about it cuz this is something new uh for me. The only the, this is what I was telling uh, my friend that I just did a podcast with like a month ago, whatever. It was uh the only thing I remember in my life collecting was uh kiss cards. Okay. You know the band. Yep. When I I grew I was born in 70. So <clears throat> when uh when I was growing up kiss you know as you know early 80s they came out with cards or maybe late 70s they came out with a trading card, you know look like baseball cards whatever and um because gene simmons was always like the business mind behind their band and always into the you know other aspects besides just uh you know concerts and yeah so uh so they had the the figures and the the trading cards and you know of course the, all the apparel stuff, but uh, I remember I had a, a grocery bag. Now this is back when they used the uh, full size uh, paper grocery bags, you know, at the store. <laughs> I had a full one of those of just kiss cards. Well then, uh, my I was telling my friend that, and I didn't know anything. I was young. I was like nine years old, you know, but uh, when my parents a few years later got involved in a church that was pretty strict and anything rock music had to be out of the house. So (laughs) all those got thrown out. (laughs) So yeah. Along with my sister's uh, original Queen vinyl, the large vinyl, right? With a pristine cover. Uh, Yeah, it was. So anyway, we, you know, we didn't know any of that crap back then, but uh, so all that stuff had to go, but that was the only thing I remember like kind of collecting or liking to collect, which I don't know what that says about me, because, you know, Dean Simmons is on there, like, you know, spitting blood and spitting fire in these cards. And I'm like nine, I'm like, yeah, these are great.
1: <laughs> You're a nine year old. Let's be honest. You don't even know. I what mean, for real. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I've, I've seen too many of those situations happen with, with collectibles and yeah. I look at it and I'm just, why?
0: well, how did you get into, you know, were you, did you know you wanted to collect something? Like, were you always kind of collector before that, like coins and everything else? Or did you just kind of, Oh, it I like Pokemon, business. so I'm going to, I'm gonna just kind of hang on to it. It was
1: always business. So, gotcha. um, uh, so I got into Pokemon when it first came out, I was 10 years old. And I got into it, and I was collecting them, and I was playing the game and everything. And then it kind of faded away. And the cards kind of went into storage. And a number of times, it always popped up, and my parents were like, we're going to throw this out. And I was like, no! Don't touch (laughs) them! For no reason. No idea if the value was going to go up. I'm just a hoarder with some things, right? And that hoarding paid off. And... I think 2016 when Pokemon Go came out was Uh, when it like re-triggered and it made me kind of look back into it. And I started looking back into it and I was like, holy crap, like these things are like going way up in value compared to what they were. Right. And, um, and the first big purchase I made, I will never forget this. I bought a box. The box was from 1999 and it was a sealed box of Pokemon cards. I bought it for $1,675. And my wife, shit. my now wife looked at me. We were engaged at the time. Looked Holy at me and shit. said, Are you freaking kidding? I don't know if we can curse. So we're gonna we're gonna go G-rated. Are you freaking kidding me? You're not spending this much money. And I was like, I'm doing it. And I bought it. And she was like, you know what? You do what you want. Hoping, I feel like hoping that she would hold this against me when right. it, if it went south. Yeah. And lo and behold, I bought this box and I bought three other boxes at a lesser value. But um, I spent about $3,500 or $3,000. No, it was about $3,000 on these four boxes. Yeah. And then wedding time came around. I paid for my wedding. Nice. And I was like, shit, so I want to do this thing for her, but I don't have the cash for it. Fine, we'll sell the Pokemon cards. I sold those four boxes for $9,000 a year later. Holy shit, dude. And I looked at her and I was like, stupid, right? <laughs> like, now what? See? <laughs> and, what does she got? And and yeah. And then uh, she she kind of, I think from that moment on, kind of like was like the whole, you do you. Yeah. You do you. Clearly, you know about this and you know what to do and what to get. Just go ahead. And I was hoping she would have said that like three to six months earlier as I was trying to buy a card and the card was $10,000 at Oof. the time. Yeah. And she was like, Nope. Drawing the freaking line there. You are not spending $10,000 on a single freaking card. Guess how much one of those cards sold within the last year. Crazy amount. 700,000. Oh my God. Actually sold. Now, Not, did you show her this? Oh, yes. I did. <laughs> and I looked at her in a joking face and I said, that could have been our house. <laughs> and uh... she just looked at me and she was like, I'm going to go this way. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? Like, it, 2020 vision is, you know, um, right. the Looking hindsight back, thing. Always, yeah. hindsight is always 2020. Yeah. So, Obviously, if I knew, I would have been way more persistent on it. Sure. And if she knew, she would have let me do it. So I'm not going to sit here and, and like right. blame her for it. Um, she made a decision at the time that she thought was the right decision. It was a lot yeah. of money. Uh, if, it, if I didn't yeah. think it was ridiculous, I wouldn't have stopped. I would have totally did it. Right. But we we're, like I said, about to get married and spending $10,000 that I yeah. really shouldn't be spending on that. So I didn't, but it's kind of absolutely gotten to the point where, where I can look at her and say, babe, I bought this card for a hundred thousand dollars to be like, cool. Yep. It, it's gotten to that point. That's um, good. but nonetheless, um, it's, uh, it, it's, it's just fun. It's just fun kind of dealing with all of it. And, um, I'm not looking to go into anything else. Um, I am <laughs> yeah. 100% focused now on Microsoft. Right. Um, we're uh we're kind of doing the whole uh so we're doing the field and right now our next big thing, uh so we have two more big things happening. One is gonna be that we've kind of already started is the distribution. Um so we've acquired a company and we're the exclusive distributor for North America, so US and Canada. Um, North? Huh? What did you say? We're we're the exclusive distributor for the certain product in the oh. North North America. Oh, okay. In the United oh, cut States, cut out for a second, okay. Yeah, I you the, said Nerf. No, 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 no. no <laughs> oh, okay. No. In the U.S. and Canada. Um, yeah, yeah. So that's the first step, and that's going to actually allow us to go into our next step, which uh, I'm not going to go too crazy into, but it's, uh, it's a franchise idea. Gotcha. And uh, we're going to try to take a uh, a very big part of Airsoft and franchise it and make it um, a, a, a thing that you're going to be able to go into almost – you know, any big store and you'll be able to see the kiosk. Right. It's not going to be a whole store. It's not going to be like, cause a lot of people have said, Oh, why don't you franchise full auto wear soft? And the answer is because a lot of people, I'm not saying this, this is what I'm told. A lot of people come to the store because of me, because yeah. of the, the way I just kind of go about everything. Um, and, uh, and I know that sounds super cocky, so I'm so sorry to everybody that, that may think that that's – No, that's – It's it's really – I've been there since day one. I've been there from right. open to close. Yep. Um. 99% of the time, the store has been open, and it's it's kind of who everyone's kind of built their relationship with. Right. So if I built that and anyone else saw the name elsewhere, they would expect to see me, mm-hmm. but they can't because right. I'm in Jersey. So, where the next idea is going to be a kiosk uh for a new business that has no correlation to me, but I think would be a fabulous idea for people that don't really deal with this part of the business yet. Yeah. So, it's uh it's going to be uh it's going to be high cap related. Okay. Um so uh it's uh and and the parts that we distribute are from a company called UniSoft. And uh it they primarily build high kappa parts. They make they manufacture high kappa parts. Okay. And uh and we're gonna kind of use that ability. And they, they're very uh what's the word I'm looking for? They're very uh open to speaking with me. It's not like mm. they're the manufacturer, this is the right. parts they make and this is what they're gonna sell you, and that's it. I can call them right now and be like, Hey guys, I think we should do this, and they'll be like, Cool, let's do it. Oh, and wow. And I could call them and say, like, I, I actually had a little bit of a manufacturing issue with one of the parts the samples I received. And I said, I really think we should do this. And they were like, not a problem. Well, what's the measurement you want? We'll change it to that measurement. And oh, they're wow. super, they're super accepting of, yeah. of just, you know, them kind of making the base and then allowing me to fine tune it. Oh, that's cool. So it, it, I think it's the perfect relationship that I'm going to need. Um in order to be able to kind of help me get to that next level. Yeah. Um, and they're they're just an amazing company to deal with. Like, um, is every company perfect? No. But they're wow. willing to work to get better, right. where a lot of other companies, I, I'm not going to name companies, but I've had companies come to my store, and I've had a conversation with them, and I'm like, you guys should really consider doing this? And they're like, yeah, that's not going to happen. Mm. And when I tell you, like, it's something as simple as make this in the existing colors you already have, they were just like, nah, we don't want to do it. And I just, I, it's a lot of companies just don't listen and they do. And it's one of the big things that attracted me to them is they, they're willing to listen to better everything.
0: Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's, uh, that's hard to find. Mm-hmm. So I've talked to a couple other people that, uh, you know, w- within Airsoft looking to kind of break into different areas in business and they are uh, they they hit roadblocks all the time because when they have an idea, nobody wants to listen. They're like, no, just keep doing the things the way we've always done it. <laughs> like, how do you expect uh, innovation to happen if you are just constantly shutting down all these, you know, ideas? Yep,
1: I actually had a conversation with them. I think yesterday or the day before, and I was like, "Guys, we should slow down a little bit." They want to com- continue innovating. Wow! And I was like, "I was like, let's let's just slow down. Give me some time to get all your products in. You know, and then when we're like at seventy percent of me getting all your products in, let's announce the newer stuff. Yeah, because they're they're." expanding and producing more at such a rate that like i physically just can't i I don't have 10 million dollars to to sit there and and bring it all in so i'm like you're gonna put this product out that you're making it and the people are gonna look at me and say i want this product and then it's just like you know it's i I have a system of how i'm bringing everything in and it's just gonna completely throw it all off so i was like let's just make the ones that we have perfect yeah and then and then let's totally go after. And they were like, "Cool, that's what we'll do." And that's and that's that's one of the, like like I said, it's one of the things I just love about them is they listen and they that's don't awesome. just they don't just kind of have the manufacturing side of it. They also have experience in the retail side. And just yep. like you said before, a company having boots on the ground and understanding before mm-hmm. just kind of exploding. That's kind of them. They've had boots on the ground in the retail side, so they understand yeah. it all. So when I sit there and I talk to, talk to them about it, they're like, "Cool, that's no problem. Yeah, that works." Wow,
0: that's so, very unusual. That's cool.
1: Very, 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 very unusual. Which is why I really wanted to work with them. Nice. And I was blessed when they when they gave me the opportunity to do so. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Well, listen, man, it's been uh, it's been really awesome talking with you and meeting you uh, Appreciate hearing your it. story. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. You know, I never know when these blind dates are set up, <laughs> what, uh, you know, where the conversation is going to go. Uh, I'm just very comfortable talking with people. I love meeting new people mm-hmm. and, uh, and finding out about how they came up and how they got started, especially business owners. Uh, you know, it's, a uh, you know and especially in airsoft business owners because you're trying to innovate you're trying to push new new uh things and you got your field going you know or getting ready to start up and uh you know that that's uh i'm very interested in that kind of stuff you know and how you got to that point which uh which you told us about which is really cool but uh so when is your when is your what do you plan on having your field open
1: Oh, the, the, <laughs> I wish I could say that's the million Come dollar on. question. At yeah, this point, it's no joke. It's the quadrillion dollar question. Yeah. Um, when do I want to open? Now. Mm. Realistically, I am not, and this is not me trying to hide anything. Yeah. Um, once I get so fire inspection, we just actually have a fire inspection scheduled for Friday. Um, once we pass that, then we have our final inspection. Yeah. Once we get our final inspection, we got our CO, our certificate of occupancy allowing me to open. I told my guys the that the literally the millisecond we get the CO, you have three to four weeks, and we're open. Yeah. Get this place ready. So the building's all done. The the bathrooms are done, the staging area is done, the field is done, the Everything is pretty much done. We need to get product in there. Yeah. And kind of, like, the tighten up loose ends type of thing, the bells Mm -hmm. and whistles, and get all that set. But everything else is done and ready to go. It's just inspection time. Um, But uh, once we have the final inspection done, which... Like, I don't want to get too crazy and say, but, like, if God willing, if we pass the fire inspection on Friday and I can get the if I can get the final inspection completed next week last week of this month to first week of next month we will be open ooh so yeah it's 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 like right there and yeah, good. i just until i have that co that allows me to literally by law open the doors I don't want to put a date on it because I did put a date on it. January 22nd was the first date and that's when they came back and said nope, uh, you can have too many people in here, you need to build another egress and put Uh. nine more toilets in. And that's where that corkscrew came in and it just snowballed into more problems. Yeah. So until I get that physical CO, um, I don't feel comfortable putting a date anymore. Sure, no um, because I feel like it's just a false hope that I'm giving people that right. I, I can't deliver on. However, yeah. once I get that co, I can yell at my employees and say, "Get the place <laughs> open," you know, and uh, yeah. and and I can I can get it rock and rolling. But uh, that's that's kind of what it's coming down to is okay. getting these getting these certificates, allowing me to open by law. Then it's on me. Then right. it's physically on right. me. But as of right now, it is out of my hands. I have no control.
0: Yeah. So, where, where can, uh, do you have a, a thing set up where people can kind of follow?
1: Like, yeah, And it is open.
0: When, you know, where should people go to say, uh, or to see, hey, when is this thing open? When can I show up and, uh, start playing or, you know, the progress or
1: whatever? So, we have our website and the Full Auto Arena website up. So, our website is faairsoft.com and the arena website is literally fullautoarena.com. And, uh, and then there's also the FA Airsoft or Full Auto Airsoft Instagram and the Full Auto Arena Instagram. Um, it's kind of we've kind of posted updates up on the on the uh on the Instagram, but we stop posting updates so we don't show people the final oh, gotcha. outcome of everything. Yeah. Um so I've kind of done that purposely so that people don't see the internals yet and see what it's all like yet. But um, but on there, our game plan is once we get the CO, um we will have uh we'll set a date for our open when we set our date for our open two weeks prior is when we're actually going to be selling tickets so the way the field's going to work is it's not going to be an open play uh it is and it isn't so it's not going to be an open play where you could just come in anytime uh pay for your entry go into the field and play um because it's player ran and player owned um i Want to, be fun. and one of the things I found that's not fun at any airsoft field is when you go there and there's 150 players and it should not exceed 70. Mm. So, in the beginning, it might be a small number, but we don't know till we actually try it. Right. We're going to have a cap of 50 players per okay. session. Um, so, there's only going to be 50 tickets available. Um, a session is going to be a total of five hours one hour to come in and get ready, three hours of play. And then one hour to pack up and leave. Wow! Um, and that three hours of play is going to be a jam-packed three hours. So it's yeah. going to be ten to fifteen-minute games with five to eight minutes in between. And if you're not ready in those five to eight minutes, doors close. You have to wait till the next game. We're not going to destroy yeah. anybody else's time because you're not ready. Yeah. So it's um, it, it's we're going to be a fast-paced get in, get all your games in, poop yourself out. And then be able to go and do something in the rest of your day, yeah. You know, so you're not spending the entire day at the airsoft field, um, because you spent, you know, half of, of it of your waiting time. exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so Friday night, Thursday, Friday, Saturday nights is going to be a single session from six to eleven. Then Monday, Tuesday, oh sorry, uh, Saturday, Sunday is going to be three sessions: a morning, an afternoon, and a night session. Um, but the so we're gonna I plan on opening on a Saturday. Um, and, uh, and Saturday and Sunday tickets will be up for sale two weeks prior to open. Gotcha. And we're going to announce that one week and then kind of the week leading up to them going for sale. We're going to kind of post up every day, five days left till tickets go on sale, four days left till tickets go on sale, so that every single day, even if somebody doesn't go on our page for a couple of days, they'll see it. Um, and, uh, and we're, we're going to kind of give everybody a chance to do so because opening weekend, um, our tickets are going to be a little more expensive. However, it's opening weekend and I plan on giving away a ridiculous amount of prizes. Yeah. So it's, um, I've already got a custom gun painted by rogue customs.
0: Oh shit. Nice.
1: It's, yeah. It's, it's like a six hundred fifty dollars gun that we're going to be giving away. Yeah. Um, I, uh, do um, Elite Force released a limited edition MP5. I don't oh, know if geez. you I don't know if you know about that. I've seen they, one. So they only made four hundred of them. Oh my gosh. I kept one. <laughs> nice. I kept one. You as collector. A, <laughs> as a giveaway. No, I kept it for the giveaway. Yeah. Strictly, so I got twenty five in stock. I sold twenty four of them, and I said one of them is gonna be on hold as a giveaway for our grand opening weekend. Smart. Um, and, uh, and there's just going to be some really, really great, great prizes that are every single person. So every session you buy a ticket for is going to be one ticket, uh, entry into the raffle. Gotcha. And then the raffle is going to be done the following Monday, um, for everyone that showed up that weekend. Okay. So that's, that's the game plan of how we're going to do it.
0: Sounds awesome, man.
1: It sounds like,
0: uh, yeah, it sounds like me and our guys will have to come up there and uh, check out this uh, this badass field once you get
1: it open. I was gonna say, why don't you come up for opening weekend? You could do like a live podcast from the from the field that weekend.
0: I gotta look and see how how far of a drive it is to New Jersey or flight. I will have to look. You say North uh, or South Carolina? South Carolina.
1: We're about Uh, an hour. We're about
0: an hour south of the uh, North
1: Carolina border. Okay, so I just drove down to Florida last September, so I have oh, an shit. idea. Yeah, yeah, you do. <laughs> it, was, it was my final road trip before before the kiddo came, so me and yeah. my wife did a road trip down to Florida and drove back after a week. Um, but uh, it's roughly about, I want to say about a 10-hour drive, 10 to 12-hour okay. drive, because I think yeah. Florida is about 15, 18 okay. hours. Yeah. So I want to say it's about, actually, closer to like an 8 to 10-hour drive. Gotcha. So doable. It's not the worst. It could be worse. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you know, my family, I'm originally from Cleveland, Ohio. So uh, my mom and two sisters are still up there. So when we go up there to visit, you know, it's an eight, nine hour drive. And of course, uh, we've drove down here to South Carolina 20 times before we moved here. And uh, so I'm very, you know, that, that's why I don't like driving eight and 10 hours well especially back then we had little kids so we, my wife and i have 5 kids uh within 7 years so we had toddlers driving through the west virginia uh turnpike you know mountains and you know for 10 hours while they're crying and shit in their diapers and <laughs> you know what i'm saying uh so anyway so i'm like You know, somebody says, Oh, just it's an eight hour drive. I'm like, I
1: don't know. (laughs) No, I I totally understand. I that's, I feel like anything flying, anything past four, that's a flight, right? Anything past four is my rule of thumb, is a flight. (laughs) Absolutely.
0: Well, man, it's been awesome. Uh, thank you so much for coming on here, and uh, it was really good to meet you.
1: I, I really do appreciate it, man. It was, it was, this was an absolute pleasure. Awesome.
0: Thank you. I, uh, you know, hopefully we can do it again sometime soon, and Definitely. especially after your field and um, you know a bunch of big things happening for you. So everybody listening, go check out Full Water Airsoft uh, website, their Instagram. I'll tag all this stuff in a, in our video. And uh, by the way, I put all this. I stripped the audio off and put it on Spotify and iTunes, all of the uh, podcast apps. So if somebody wants to listen while they're driving or at work or whatever. Uh, And I put those links in all those descriptions as well. Okay. Perfect.
1: Yeah, man. Well, thank you so much, John. Thank you so much again. I really do appreciate it again. All right, brother. Have a good night. You too now. (music) Bye-bye.